Hey folks, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you've been listening to the Whitfield Report for a while and you're starting to think to yourself, hey, you know what? I could do this podcast thing, but where the hell do I start? Well, folks, I've had a lot of friends ask me that in the last few weeks, and I'm here to tell you all that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You're damn right that's what I'm doing. And what I like about Anchor is that whether you're a novice or an expert, it's incredibly easy to use. They have uh, great tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast if you're a novice just starting out. Or if you're like me and you're an old pro at this, you can bring your own tools and record your audio and then upload the files yourselves. Whichever way you podcast, it's extremely easy to use Anchor, and I highly recommend them. So get started today by going to anchor.fm forward slash start. And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Welcome to Whitfield the Podcast, brought to you exclusively by TapeRight.com and AmericanWatchman.org. I am your host, Sam Whitfield. On this episode, I will be talking to Sarah Hagmeyer, who is one of the infamous Trump twins, who was discovered back in the summer of 2016 for a series of provocative yet patriotic bikini pictures that she and her sister took and posted to social media. Sarah and her sister, Samantha, both grew to become internet sensations of sorts, and they went on a massive media tour across the country and even extending over to the UK and Europe. The media, however, the mainstream media that is, portrayed Sarah and her sister, Sam, as bimbos and dumb blondes who were just supporting Trump because they were just blonde party girls or some nonsense like that. Well, I was fortunate enough to friend uh, Sarah and her sister via Facebook over the summer, and although I only know them online... I can tell you from personal experience that they're both very charismatic and well-spoken, and they're actually very passionate about what they're doing. They're passionate about America. They love this country just as much as I do, and they're real, genuine young women. So I wanted to interview Sarah to really find out what they're uh, journey 
was about how they got started in, in politics and how they were treated by the media and basically who they are as real people as opposed to what the media would like you to believe. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have... Now, I will say that Hagmeyer joining me now via Skype. And Sarah, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So uh, I have a lot of questions for you. First of all, we've been trying to set this up for, I think, <laughs> the last six months or so. But <laughs> you obviously have been quite busy saving the world from globalism <laughs> and the scourge of Hillary Clinton. Um, and thank God... Trump won because uh, I, I wanted to do this interview either way, uh, but it's a lot less awkward now as opposed to my alternate set of questions, which would have been, what do we do now if Hillary won? <laughs> um, but first of all, I just wanted to thank you for coming on the uh, program, and um, it's an honor to have you. No, thank you. It's quite the privilege and honor to be here. So, well, thank I've been you. looking forward and it's finally that, you know, thank God, like, we can finally do it. It's been too long. It, it has, but we're here now and uh, we're here in Trump's America. So that's the <laughs> best. That's the best part. Um, so first, my first question to you is, uh, how did you get involved in politics? Was Trump your first uh campaign or had you been interested in politics before how did you um and your sister if you want to include her her in sure. this uh become interested in politics well we have always been interested in politics because i'm sure in a lot of other like like most households the news is always on and um in my house of course we prefer fox news and fox news has always been on and you just watch and it's like, uh, you know, you just, you get, um, you know, your emotions stirred up because if you're patriotic and you love your country, you, you want to get involved. You, and especially because when Obama won both times, I wasn't able to vote. I kind of just had to sit back and watch. And this election in particular, and I'm sure you as well, Sam, and a lot of other students and, you know, younger Americans as well, we didn't want to just watch the results. We didn't just want to, um, you know, just vote. We got, we wanted to get involved and kind of have a bigger voice in, um, you know, American politics. So I got involved and Donald Trump, he... He was not my first, but I feel like he was. Um, before the primaries really began, my family, like, we liked Marco Rubio, you know? I think, like, a lot of people thought he was kind of like the Republican, you know, um, JFK. And, but, you know, as the primaries really began, Donald Trump just kind of was like, that's the guy. And he kept on going, and um, I just knew that that was he was going to be a president. I just wanted to help him win, and I thought that um, he was the strongest candidate, and I believed in him, and I wanted him to become the nominee and president. So I started um, to campaign and voice for him, and look, we're in his presidency right now, and it worked. So it was wonderful. 
Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's funny that you mentioned that. Um, you know, I you mentioned uh, you know being being not able to vote in the previous two elections. Um, you know, and that's that's very true. Uh, I think. Isn't it frustrating just watch Obama like win? Did you watch him win? I did. It was yeah. horrible. First time was in Disney World for my family, and it was. I say this all the time. It was like not the happiest place in the world the next day. Yeah. Well, for me, I've been uh, doing this podcast and blogging since I was about, oh, 14 or 15, uh, I I think. I think I was 14. I've been doing it so long now, it's it's all kind of become a blur. Um, but, I mean, I, I've been active, you know, as a voice for what feels like forever now, um, and I'm sure you have, but you know, it's not the same as actually being able to vote. And I was, I was three months short of being able to vote for uh, Mitt Romney in the last election, which was, yeah, which was really frustrating. Um, So you, you kind of answered my uh, second question, which was how you uh, became interested in Trump, but you touched on something there that I think a lot of people um, who have followed you or may have just looked at you and your sister on the surface might not realize, which is that you weren't for Trump initially. You were for Rubio. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people, at least kind of from what I've seen, they see you and your sister and they automatically think of you guys as the Trump cheerleaders from the beginning. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is yeah. I think there are a lot of perceptions not just about you guys but about young conservatives in general especially those of us who voted for trump that we were on the that we were all on the trump train to begin with absolutely there's this um you know a lot of people who and i think the media kind of create and the pictures you know people it's like you don't judge a book by the cover but like people do anyway you know and with um, Sam and I like with those pictures like people think that Trump people were just bandwagoners you know they thought that this movement was kind of just like getting more and more and more powerful and then people were just kind of hopping on board because they saw where it was going and they didn't think what Trump was doing they didn't think about his plan they didn't think about anything about what he was actually doing they just thought that hey he's winning He's doing really great in the primaries. I'm going to vote for him. But like a lot of people like myself, maybe you, maybe others, like I thought about the candidates, you know, especially Republicans. We had, what, 16, 17? Yeah. A lot of choices. My governor was on that, you know, that lineup. Carly Fiorona, I listened to one of her books. I followed Marco Rubio for a while. And Ben Carson, like all these great, phenomenal candidates. But Donald Trump, like he was the one that a lot of people just kind of went through. And it wasn't like all of them probably could have done a good job. And they all said that about that on the stage about each other. Like any one of us could do a great job. But it's almost about, okay, who I guess, connects the best with the people. And that's what Donald Trump did the best. He kind of had that voice where 
you know, that anti-political correctness that a lot of people were like, wow, he's saying everything that's just on my mind right now. Like, this is amazing. Mm. And, but he's saying things and creating a plan at the same time. And he's bringing all these new, um, you know, he has all these extra skills from being a big businessman and he's all these people and he's, he's doing a great job. And, um, that's, that's what I think just, I think what I and a lot of other people are like, no, we weren't just bandwagoners. We actually thought about our decision. Yeah. And I, I, I thought the same way. Yeah. And I, I think it wasn't just that he was politically incorrect because I think a lot of conservatives don't necessarily ascribe to the political correctness model. In fact, n no one I know, you know, in the conservative uh, spectrum ascribes to that. I, I think, though, it w for me at least, it wasn't only that Trump uh, was politically incorrect, it was that he, not only was he politically incorrect, but he was able to give the middle finger to the media and the left and even the establishment GOP who yeah, the establishment GOP they were they were the worst they were the worst and that was like that was the best part about this whole movement is that you could it weeded out all of those people you know you saw their true colors especially because when he was failing and when the media brought him down to the lowest point like after the Hollywood tapes you saw what people were still on board and still trying to help him win and who were just, you know, out for their own good. And he won anyway, you know? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the, uh, we'll get to the infamous tapes in a, in a while because, uh, there's a, there's a story, uh, about you and I, I, I don't think you'll, re you might not remember it in your, uh, twi Twitter storm, but, uh, I'll refresh your memory. But, mm -hmm. um, the first question I, I want to get to you about regarding uh, how you and your sister came to prominence, uh, people have been wondering how the uh, infamous uh, Trump girl swimsuit photos came to be and whose idea that was. And first of all, before you answer, I just have to say I think uh, that that was a brilliant move because... I don't know if you remember, but back in 2008, there was Obama girl <laughs> who basically did the same thing. And I remember back in 2009 or 2010 saying on my show that we need some sort of extreme cultural shift like that uh, for the conservative movement. And People are saying, oh, that'll never happen. Conservatives are too prudish. Someone mm -hmm. tweeted me about you and your sister and uh, said, it's oh, it's the Obama girls except for uh, Trump. And that's how I found you, found you guys. And no way. honestly, you guys, along with uh, Milo and uh, Gavin, you guys, you guys are two of my heroes. <laughs> or uh, upsetting of the culture like that. So, but uh, anyway, how how did that whole idea come about? You know what? It's really funny. And actually, a few days ago was the one year anniversary of the one photo. And what's actually even funnier is 
I'm more of the reserved twin, but yeah, <laughs> it was uh, my idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> Sam is really outgoing, and normally she's the one to do all these. She's the one that likes to take all the pictures and the selfies, and I'm the one that honestly doesn't really even do that. Um, you'll see on my my Instagram, I have less followers because I don't I don't really put myself out there that much. But it was actually my idea, and I it, in New Jersey, like the Northeast, around this time last year, we were getting hit with our first blizzard of the season, and. Everyone, it was a state of emergency. Everyone was snowed in. And I told Sam, I was like, how funny would it be if we got in our Patriot bikinis and we had one MAGA hat and we had a Reagan Bush hat and we went outside and took a picture, like took a couple pictures and just kind of put it on our Instagram and, you know, entertained people. And, um, of course, you know, and showed our spirit because, we love Donald Trump. We're proud conservatives. You know, like we're American girls. That this is what it's all about. We're in the snow, and um, we did it. And you know, it was funny because we we actually joked about it going viral. Because sometimes when you do crazy stuff like that, like that's what happens. You know, you don't realize it, but like it does go viral. Little did I know, um, a few months later, those pictures were the ones that ended up going viral. And um, it was fun, though, because my mom actually took the pictures, and she wishes, sometimes she wishes that she didn't. Really? <laughs> yeah, my mom, because they were like, oh, mom, like, it's just for fun, you know? Like, take the pictures. It's just silly fun in the snow. And she took the pictures, and a few months later, you know, a friend... Um, what made them go viral was a friend submitted them to the base for Trump account and then Huffington Post used them as click, clickbait and then that's what kind of made them go all over the world. But it's okay though, you know? So so HuffPo, the, the epitome of fake journalism, yeah. uh, ironically made you you guys into the, star, in, into the stars that you guys are. I, <laughs> I, I love it. Um, yeah. no, and I, I think kind of what you, you touched on, you guys are, you know, American girls and you wanted to get that, you know, whole kind of spirit of, of Americana, um, exactly. out there. Sam and I, we are so patriotic. We have book, like Sam and I, we have book bags that are patriotic. It has like, um, there it's like stars and stripes on them. We have like American flag apparel. It's just we're so patriotic. Well, and well, mm-hmm. you you guys also do paintings too, if I'm not mistaken. Sam, her theme for senior year in art class, like you have to, um, you have to kind of pick a theme of what your paintings are going to be, and she chose Americana, and that everything that she did was like red, white, and blue, and. That was her theme, and we're just, we've always been. You can take, we have pictures of when we were in middle school, when we were in patriotic bikinis, too. And we've just always just loved being patriotic. It's just something that um, we've always just been proud to be. We've always just proud to be the small-town American girls, you know? Mm-hmm. 
it's just who we are. Well, the the interesting thing, I was actually talking to a friend about this uh, about two nights ago. We we were talking, and it dawned on me all of the hardcore Trump supporters, not mm-hmm. all of them, but the but the vast majority of the of the really hardcore uh, Trump supporters that I know of are uh, female. They're they're all they're all women. I, I you know. <laughs> Guys got on to got into the movement too, but most guys, all we do is wear the hat. You guys have accessories and T-shirts and whatnot. So I, I wanted to ask about that. Why do you think uh, Trump and Trumpism appeals to so many women when you know there are themes of? when the media tries to make up this meme about Trump being a sexist and a, yeah. and a misogynist. Yeah. Well, I mean, every, it's crazy. There's been so many times where, you know, I have my Trump apparel on or I have my laptop with my stickers on and there will be an older guy and they're like, wait, you're a Trump supporter? And he's kind of shocked. And it's like, yeah, I'm a Trump supporter. I love Donald Trump. And He's like, I didn't know you guys existed, you know, like he's surprised. And I think there's this, um, there's this like female Trump supporters. It's almost like they have to prove a point, like prove their existence. And they kind of like female Trump supporters, we have a little bit more fun doing it in some circumstances. Um, But gosh, you know, the media, they don't even, they didn't even acknowledge us. They don't. They don't shine light. That's why, you know, the base, like, they, nothing, you know. They didn't want to really even kind of even say that Donald Trump had female supporters because, gosh, that would mean that Donald Trump isn't a misogynist, you know. He isn't against women's rights, you know. It would just kind of dismantle their whole political, you know, agenda plan for the left. Because the left, Hillary, you know, that's that's all they ran for. Yeah, and I, I think... Women's champion for women, but here Donald Trump had plenty of women, if not tons of enthusiastic women that loved him, you know? We loved Donald Trump. Women loved Donald Trump. Well, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, the... the... The turning point for me with with Trump because I I was a Rubio supporter mm-hmm. through and through. I at, at when when Trump first announced, I've always liked him as a, a as a celebrity and a public figure. But I I thought he was, I thought he was nuts, especially once he started shooting his mouth off. And I I thought that there that there was no way he would win. Uh, but yeah. then once he finally got the nom- a week before the nomination was officially announced, Ruby had dropped out, and at that point I knew Trump was going to win anyway. So I was I was actually in New York City, uh, and I I went in to Trump Tower. I, mm-hmm. I I went into the epicenter, which is where which is where I actually got this hat I'm uh, <laughs> wearing, and. You couldn't get more authentic than that. I and I talked. I had a chance to talk to uh, you know they have the elevators in the main lobby that take you from place to place. Well, I started a conversation, and being kind of the investigative journalist I am, 
I noticed that the elevator man was Hispanic. So <laughs> I started talking with him. This guy has worked for Trump for 30 years, and, and he told me point blank, don't believe any of the any of the BS the media says about Trump. I've worked here for thirty years, and he's he's been great to me and my family, and he treats everyone here extremely well. And I've always been really blessed to work for him. And that, and in New York City, nonetheless, where you know Manhattan is overpopulated by liberals, more or less. Oh, I yeah. thought. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, it's like, um, and there's actually a lot of stories where Donald Trump's employees or, you know, his family friends have stepped forward and were like, no, that's wrong. That's liberal. You know, just yes, the media is telling lies. They're trying to spin it. It's really interesting. Yeah. That's also interesting that you were a Rubio fan for that long. I was a Rubio fan up until not even even honestly, not even until like the first debate. The first debate I was like, Donald Trump's my man. But like when my um governor grilled Marco Rubio about the rehearsed lines, I was like, Oh, that moment I thought he was just done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I have yeah. The 32nd line again. <laughs> I, I I have to admit that that uh, at that point, uh, you know, I, I pretty much knew that Marco was was done. Um, yeah. And Marco, he's such a good guy, and I hope he does keep running because I think he would make a great president. I my my ideal dream would be to have Trump win again. Oh yeah, he already says he's gonna run. He's for eight the next eight years. And then, and then after Trump gets out, I would love a Rubio uh, candidacy. Me too. Speaking of going back to media, though, um, (laughs) you and your sister actually got some international coverage, and. One of the reasons why I was actually so intent on interviewing you was I saw how the media uh, interviewed you guys. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to put words into your mouth or you yeah. know, try and try and spin it. Um, but from my perspective, it seemed to me like they edited uh, that they edited did a lot of your stuff out to make you guys. And I, I hate to be blunt, but they, they kind of made you guys seem like uh, blonde, dumb bimbos who were... Yeah, absolutely. Who were somehow sexually attracted to Trump and wanted to do him or something like that. That was how, that was how the left spun it, in my view. Yeah, honestly, you are not, not wrong at all. Um, and... Many cases, we had, there were a few interviews that were straightforward, just the facts. It was actually quite interesting. There were only a few, because what we learned was there was American journalism and international journalism. And 
there were a lot of cases with international journalism that were fantastic. They went great. And there were some cases where it was fun. Like Germany, like everything that we did with Germany was just kind of like straightforward. They just wanted the facts. They just wanted, they just wanted the story. They just, they didn't want to recreate the story. Things that we did with Britain that were not, BBC was, eh. They were, they didn't recreate the story, but they definitely edited it to make it kind of like to their agenda part. Um, We did other things with Great Britain, like the Joey Essex thing, which is like, oh my gosh, like that was just stupid. Um, But then everything with American journalism, it was, um, there were some news, there were some articles where it was um, literally they would take our answers and just put them in the article regardless. I worked with Stylecaster and um, she, she was totally, she was a Hillary supporter, but she did nothing to my answers. But there were other cases where, gosh, like I did a phone interview with this guy and it was for Marie Claire and it was for Marie Claire in Australia. And I was like, okay, this this is probably going to be fine. Oh my gosh, no, he totally made me out to look like just a bimbo and a dumb blonde who didn't know anything that was going on in the election. And I was just out to have fun and I was having the time of my life. And he even went as far as to write an entire piece about me on his blog about how, what kind of girl I probably am. And I was just mortified because I was probably, I was just like, you don't know me, you know, you're just, you're just like recreating a character, you know? Yeah. And it was insane, like how these people would use us as a character and not with not as a person with knowledge, you know? We we weren't people with intellect. We were just characters for their story. And that was the most interesting part, especially because it was, you know, we were we we were associated with the picture, which I understand that, you know, the uh, the prejudice, you know, that comes with it. Because it's like, what do you expect, you know? Girls in a bikini with hats in the snow. Like, gosh. But when, when you do interview and you actually have knowledge and you know what's going on and you can prove them with facts and you see how... They just snip it, snip it, snip it to just make you look like stupid because you're a Trump supporter. It was, it was terrifying. It was absolutely, it was scary. It was, it proved what the media was after. And it was just, it it was a lesson, you know. You can't learn that by anything else, you know. You just have to kind of, I guess, learn y- yourself. But well, and, it was something different, I'll tell you that much. Well, and then you also got some pretty uh, vicious and pretty dark, uh, you know, comments on social media, you know, some of which, I mean, I, I would I would scroll through to see who who was you know who was tweeting at you some of some of them you know were were just crass and you know 
you you get that. Some of them though were also like borderline rapey and uh, you know stuff stuff that I I would have hoped and I I you know I I saw a couple times your boyfriend and I, I jumped in there a couple times too, you know threatened threatened to beat the you know threatened to beat the shit out of uh, you know people who were. threatening you i mean did did that seem weird you know did did that fate did that phase you um at all It, yeah it was it came to a point when in the very beginning um you know uh like i was a trump supporter like in my how i was raised it was thank god i was raised the way i was because I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of where I grew up. I'm just, you know, you. Thank God I was like raised with pride, and to not let other people deteriorate deteriorate me because, you know, if I let those people just bring me down, like I don't know where I would be at because they were destructive. They wanted to bring me down. They wanted to just. They want. They had a mission with all con Trump supporters across the board. They wanted to just like they wanted to just say the meanest things. They wanted to just prove you wrong so you would be quiet and not use your voice ever again. To not you know share you know talk out to the world. I was it was insane. I've never gotten so much. Backlash for honestly, my biggest one was just honestly. I was telling a joke. My biggest tweet that I had that went viral. I made a joke, and it was like using it about myself, like a joke about getting a nose job. And then like, oh, I'm not gonna get a nose job though. You know, like I'm gonna build a wall instead. You know, all that kind of stuff. And like, people told me to go kill myself. Like, yeah, who that who does that? Like. What did I do wrong? Like I was just kind of like you know fooling around out there, and like people told me to go die because I was supporting Trump. Like what kind of world do we live in now, where you know I never took the time out of my day to tell a Hillary supporter, a Bernie Sanders supporter, regardless how I thought about who were this they were supporting, to go die or kill themselves because they were, you know, exercising their rights as an American. You know? Yeah. It was insane. Like a what? Like it was so negative. It was so depressing. It was sad, and it was draining. Honestly, I think that was the worst part. It was like, how do you keep keeping yourself upbeat and motivated and positive? But honestly, I just thought to myself, you know, I'm just like a person. Donald Trump is the one that's like. Getting the real backlash and the real hate, like I go on his tweets and like he's getting that every single day, and he has the media on his backs and like he keeps on going. So he was kind of like my motivation, and that's why, like regardless of what kind of um, you know responses I was getting, I had great friends. You, I had you know such a, an amazing support system. Trump supporters all around. You know, we just banded together, specifically Republicans, 
you know, all around, we just kind of stuck together. And, um, you know, I think Donald Trump just kind of like led the group and we just kind of kept on pressing on. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are today. And winning. Yeah. And we keep winning. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, we're going to, we're going to keep winning until we get sick of it. Although I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how that's possible because I'm just having a, I'm just having a grand old time o over here, just uh, making America great again <laughs> and and whatnot. Um, it's day what four, and we've already gotten so much done, and there's just there's so much. I don't. Know, it's just honestly, it's it's an amazing feeling so far. Everything that we all had to kind of go through to get to this point, it's been worth it. You know. Yeah, it, it's it certainly has. It is it especially. I don't I don't know if you got the I don't know if you got this type of backlash, but um, when when I started out, I was friends with you know people. I I mean I I don't want to say I lost any friends because that's not. I actually somehow managed to keep all my relationships somewhat intact um, for the most part. However. I was friends with a lot of quote-unquote conservatives who ended up being hashtag never Trump. And I actually argued with those people more than I did liberals because they were, they were so against Trump because he didn't fit their narrative. And I, and I had told them, oh, I even... At some point, I, I messaged you about this before we got on the show, but uh, a couple of friends and I, we actually ended up starting our own blog in July because uh, we had been writing for a blog mm -hmm. uh, called, Red, called Red Millennial. Uh, it, it, it was pretty prominent uh, among young conservatives, but we were all contributors there, and the editor there... It was her choice, and I respect it, but she decided to, she asked us all in, like, a Facebook poll who, if we would support Donald Trump if he was the nominee, and I had written a piece way back at the begin at the end of 2015 when this whole thing first started, saying, look, Trump's not my guy, but even if he gets the nomination, I'll, I'll support whoever it is against Hillary Clinton because she's that horrible and uh, <laughs> horrible <is pretty> hard <laughs> yeah it, it, it's an understatement but once but once yeah. i went full trump we me and five other people were asked to leave so we started our own uh blog but yeah yeah so i mean I, and i think that's the other thing i think trump supporters have been you know unfairly treated by both the left and the quote unquote right too. Um, yeah. So. It's true. But it's like, I don't understand how, you know, how can he be, and like that was the other thing, you know, during this entire election season, I, I got this sense of like haughty, you know, attitude from, you know, conservatives who were not Trump supporters and also Democrats who were Hillary supporters. It was like, oh, because I talked to a Hillary supporter 
who was honestly, um, you know, it wasn't a Bernie Sanders supporter who turned into a Hillary supporter. It was an always Hillary Clinton supporter. And I'll tell you what, that attitude that this guy had was like, I'm too good to be a Bernie Sanders supporter. Because Bernie Sanders supporters, they had this attitude like, for the people, always for the people, you know, anti-billionaires, blah, blah. And this guy was like, oh, I'm not Bernie Sanders supporter. Like, those people are, you know, they're nobodies. Like, Hillary Clinton, like, this establishment, like, idea. And he had just kind of like this, like, prissy, like, snobby, kind of like, I don't know, just this demeanor about him and I kind of feel like the conservatives that weren't supporting Trump kind of had that same way because you know this guy who could be retired could be enjoying relaxing doing things that he could spend money on could be investing on here he was just giving his reputation to just be ruined um for the Republicans to have a chance to win the White House again. And because he wasn't a part of their, you know, clique of Republican people in the White House, like, it was like he wasn't good enough, you know? Like, they couldn't accept him, they couldn't take him in, they couldn't help him. It was like he was this, like, stray cat, you know, that couldn't come inside it was just like I don't know it was this horrible horrible attitude that I I will never never forget and it was like the people too I I yeah it was horrible like haughtiness you know yeah like, I'm too good yeah com- com- who are you complete snobbiness um complete snobbiness yeah. and like with the bikini pictures it was like, oh, well, like, they're not conservative. It's like, no, I'm American, you know? Again, again, it goes, it goes back to my whole thing earlier of, of prude, uh, you know, of, of prude, uh, you know, conservatives. And I got, I got the, I got the comment of, oh, well, well, you just like, you just like Sarah and Sam because you want to, uh-uh, with them. <laughs> And, uh, I I was like, well, my reputation is, you know, I would hope that you guys know me better than that. But, uh, you know, if, if, if that's all you think I, I am, then, you know, I'm not going to be able to change your opinion. So bye. Um, but you know, like I said, we we got the uh, we got the last laugh. So um, now, one final question on the on the media front of things. Uh, you you wrote uh, a post last night about the treatment of Melania Trump and uh, Baron Trump that I that I found to be. Uh, well, I think it's pretty rep- representative of how I feel and just how the media is continuing to just be pig-headed. Um, so what is, what is your perception of the first family 
and how they're being treated. I love the first family because when I look at the first family, I see my own family, actually. Um, my dad, he was married um, twice, and um, he has kids from a previous marriage, and then he married my mom, and then they had me and Sam, and then my little sister and my little brother. And it's funny because when you line up my family and then you line up the Trump family, it's actually kind of similar. I have... Um, Two older sisters and an older brother, and then it's me and Sam, and then I have a little sister, and then I have a little brother, and it's like my little brother is like pretty close to Baron's age, and then I have a little sister, and um, then it's me and Sam, and we're kind of close to Tiffany's age, and then Michelle, Jess, and Drick, they're all close to Ivanka, Don Jr., and Eric's age, and they're all getting married, having kids that they don't already. And Milani is actually my mom's age, and Donald is, they're kind of close to my dad's age. So when I look at the Trump family, I kind of see my family. And, you know, I just love the Trump family. I think it's wonderful. I love how you can go on their Instagram and you can see how their kids are playing in the White House. They're eating dinner at the table in the White House. I love how, um, I just love how there's like this family, like an actual family in the White House. We didn't really get to see that before. And it just really bothers the living hell out of me how the media will actually press on Melania and say that Donald Trump has an emotion, emotional abusive relationship with Melania because he was just kind of, I guess, being eager and a little rude, you know, during the inauguration, which, like, she knows who she's married to, you know? Donald is just eager, and, he, you know, he's just like, all right, I got to do this. I got to do this, you know? Let's go, Melania, you know? And that's Donald Trump, you know? She knows who she's married to. And I don't see that as emotional, you know, abusive. There's so many other, you know, times where, like, they had, you know, there's moments where there's such a loving and just, like, wonderful relationship. And it bothers me how that never gets any spotlight. And that probably never will because liberal, like, the media is never going to ever just yeah and i i was i was particularly bothered by the fact um that you know two two things that really bothered me um the first one and i still have never been able to make a sense of this the media likes to act as if tiffany is the forgotten daughter and that trump doesn't love her and yeah. You know, speaking as speaking as someone who also has, you know, my parents are my parents are divorced. Uh, you know, and the one thing I will say, you know, both of them, they had a they had a nasty, uh, you know, drag down, beat out divorce. But I will say this for my parents: when it came to me, they they put me first, and that's how I see. Trump and both of his, his 
ex-wives that he had children with. I don't I don't think he had children with the first with his first wife, but I know he did with uh, Marla and Ivana, and so you know, like you, I you know, I I can certainly re relate to that. But then the the second part that that bothered me was how the the mainstream media has the audacity to go out there and say that first of all, Rosie O'Donnell shot shot of her mouth and said that Baron Trump was autistic without any proof, and then there was that thing earlier this week that. Ben would be the first homeschool shooter. We're talking about a 10-year-old kid here, and that just, that pissed me off to no end. So. Insanity. And it's just, like, all that negativity, like, the, the media creates it. Like, that's what, people want to know why, like, half the country hates the Trumps, you know, why they don't like it like the family it's because the media like creates it you know like they don't like the reason why i i think one of the reasons why i just kind of fell in love so much with the family was because i <laughs> sounds so funny but like i stopped their media accounts you know you go back to when like they don't post relating to the election and you get to kind of see who they really were like Melania's account, you know, specifically hers. You got, you kind of get to see how she was as a mother, and it's so normal. It was actually weird, you know. She took a picture of Baron at his basketball game, and and she took a picture of like the baseball field, and yeah. you know, her son like up to Ben, like, oh, like, um, you know, go team, hashtag undefeated, and it's like. How normal can you get? You know, like the average mother could relate to this. And she's married to this billionaire and, you know, she sits in a Rolls Royce and like, it's like, but this is so relatable. Every mother could relate to this. And Hillary Clinton and all the other politicians, like they don't do anything like this. Yeah. And I wish that people would understand how normal the Trumps are. You know, people want to be like, they have all this money, and it's like, yeah, but, like, they love to be just a family, and they love to do all these family things, and they love to spend time with their children, and, and they love to do things with their children. Like, Donald Trump Jr., oh, my gosh, his Instagram, he does the most normal things ever. He's, like, he takes pictures of his kids, like, you know, like, sleeping funny or, you know, like camping or, you know, uh, eating, um, breakfast. It's like, it's, it's sweet. And it's like America can relate to that and America can fall in love with that. And that's what connects the, what can connect the white house to our, you know, an, an average American household. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that. Um, you know, and it's it's a wonderful thing to see. So, uh, moving on, this is kind of an open-ended question. So now that the um, election is over, I'm I'm curious, where are, are you and your sister going to be taking a break from politics? Uh, are you guys going to continue with uh, you know activism or journal? Are you 
taking on a journalistic role? What are what are you guys doing? Uh, it's kind of hard to stop being involved in politics. I'm sure it you is, know. It is. It's like you just you just can't stop being involved. I think Sam and I will continue our, um, you know, just like our small activism, and you'll mostly see our spirit just kind of continuing. And who knows? Maybe we'll see us kind of more um, pushing more journal, going down a more journalistic route, or who knows? We don't really know how more so we want to get involved. We know we do want to get involved, but we know for sure that the American patriotic Trump spirit, that is definitely going to continue. Well, uh, you know, I, like I said, I, are closed. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like I, like I think that I think that goes more for your sister who you know if if you don't mind me asking you know the the impression I get from from your sister at the least and, I, and you know I would have to inter interview her but but the the one thing that I that I find funny about your sister is mm -hmm. the the media you know kind of portrayed her as you know this this Barbie this Barbie doll, you know, and this, this swimsuit model. So she literally went out and just kind of made a meme out of her, out of herself and, you know, troll, trolled them, you know, with, with irony, I guess. Um, so. Um, yeah, 100%, but it's like, oh gosh, it's like, what can you do? She... She answered their questions, but they didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, um, didn't want her answer. <laughs> well, like I like I said, uh, you know, if 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 you want to get involved in you know more journalistic stuff, I, you know, I, you know, we have a public. I'm running a publication with four other people, and we need more writers. So if you're interested. I would maybe love to have you on the on the team, but uh, anyway, Sarah, thanks for uh, joining us. And uh, before you go, where can people find you and connect with you on the internet and elsewhere? Well, you can find me anywhere, but I have um, Instagram and Twitter at s hagmeyer s and then h a g m a y e r. Or on Facebook, Sarah S A R H space Hagmeyer H A G M A Y E R. And that concludes my interview with Sarah Hagmeyer, who I want to thank once again for coming on the program. It's been quite a long process in the making, but I'm so glad, Sarah, that you and I got the chance to sit down and chat and get to know each other better as colleagues in the continuing fight for conservatism and for Americana culture. Folks, without a doubt, you heard it here. Sarah definitely is a genuine patriot, a genuine person who loves America, and the smear against her from the media and from the 
Uber left, and from the creepish stalkers on social media, some of whom threatened to rape and do other horrible things to her and her sister. All that's BS. She's a great person, and I'm honored to call her an ally in this fight for liberty, this continuing fight. And folks, we did it. Donald Trump is president now, and the fight's not over, but we're here, and we're here to stay. All right, folks, I want to thank you for listening to Whitfield, the podcast. Feel free to visit my website at thesamwhitfield.com. Also visit AmericanWatchman.org for content from me and my other uh, colleagues over there. And you can follow me on Twitter at SamDevere underscore NGC, hashtag WA podcast. And folks, thanks for turning into the program once again. I'll see you next episode. God bless and God save this great nation.